is your life going? Could you use some improvement somewhere? Typically, we could all use a little push, guidance, and transformation. Welcome to Laughing Loudly, Loving Deeply with Dr. Faith. In this enlightening hour, you'll hear from experts to help you get to that next level. Are you ready to have some fun and get motivated? Here is your host, Dr. Faith Brown. Well, hello and good morning, everyone. It is Dr. Faith, your host of Laughing Loudly, Loving Deeply. Listen, thank you guys so much for joining us. Um, Today is very special for a number of reasons, but one of the main reasons is because this is the second show of our second season, and this is just an incredible feat, and the only reason we're here is because of your love and your support. Um, You encouraged us to step out onto this platform, and you've supported us, and it has been a lovely, lovely journey, just delightful um, sharing this platform with you. Uh, So I'd like to say thank you, (laughs) and a very, very special shout out to uh, the legendary, the iconic Lenny White, you know, I just can't say enough about this gentleman. Thank you so much for providing the score for this second season. It is hot, hot, hot. For those of you who are tuning in, I'm sure you heard it. Fame Desole by Sandro Pay. Um, and for those of you who um, perhaps have not heard the tune into the uh, show on a regular basis, you'll know that the score, you wouldn't know that the score changed. So I encourage everyone who's listening right now, call up your friend, call up your uh, your your partner, uh, because today's show is going to be pretty hot. <laughs> we have a great, great guest on today, and I'm excited to have him. Um, and, but before we get started, I'd like to say thank you to, to the proprietor of this wonderful, wonderful, lovely, beautiful home that we have the privilege of broadcasting from this morning. Um, he offered it up. He invited us in just to make us comfortable and and uh, make sure that everything goes okay this morning. So for those of you who are on Instagram, hello to you. We're glad to have you. And um, call up a friend. Tell them to tune in to Laughing Loudly, Loving Deeply with Dr. Faith. And my special guest today, Troy Lewis, whom I'm going to introduce in just a second. Um, but you can catch us on Voice America Empowerment Channel. Voice America Empowerment Channel right now. So, um, guys, I'd like to introduce you to Mr. Troy Lewis. Hi. <laughs> he let me just tell you so I just had the pleasure of meeting him and he I have been blown away um, because his presence is just so such a mild presence but he has such a very very strong story which is why I really wanted to have them on the show so just a little bit about mr. Lewis he received his bachelor's of arts in communications from the University of Nebraska, mm-hmm. while also serving in the U.S. Air Force for Correct. 11 years. Correct. Is that right? Yes. And spent like the last 19 years in sales and training in the farmer world, mm-hmm. at which time perhaps you were thinking about writing the book um, and perhaps started writing the book. Colleagues encouraged you to write the books. Yes. Book family encouraged you to write the book. Yes. The book was written, <laughs> guys. It was written <laughs> and published in 2015. And the, the book is entitled Gas Money. As a matter of fact, for all of our folks who are listening by way of Instagram or seeing us by Instagram, you see this book, Gas Money. Go get it right now. You will not be disappointed. Gas Money. Okay. So since the book was released or since it was published, it has been featured in such domains as C-SPAN, 
Mm-hmm. PBS, correct. The Huffington Post, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Uh, on WBLS. WBLS. I mean, uh, just and in major newspapers across the country. Yes. And um, all of us are still talking about it. I love <laughs> all of us are talking about it. We can't seem to put it down. I promise you that once you begin to read, you won't. You wouldn't want to put it down. Troy is a dynamic speaker. Um, he enjoys sharing his stories at special events book club so you can call up his agent and see if you can get him to come on with you guys at book clubs uh fundraisers and um i'm I'm the agent by the way he's the agent by the way he'll (laughs) tell you how to contact him later and um various organizations and we're just very fortunate to have him because he decided to make his home here in the new york area metro area since 1996. Mm -hmm. guys if you will i really love for you to help me welcome Troy Lewis to the show. Welcome. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thank you for coming on. So listen, um, we're going to go this round and I'm going to try to take my time going through here because there's a lot that's on my mind as it relates to this book. Okay. But the first thing is you mentioned that a colleague said to you as you were sharing your stories, right? That if you wrote a story as well as you told one, then you should write a book. Correct. So what goes into writing a great story? I think you always have to uh, set the scene mm-hmm. uh, and let people know who the characters are. Mm-hmm. Um, give them a little flavor of who that character is, but don't tell them everything all at once. Ah, okay. Okay, you have to always hold just a little bit back. Well, yeah, because you want people to still turn the pages. If you tell everything in, on page three, there's uh-huh. nothing else to read. Well, you know, I, I think you have that down. Uh, you have that down. Because, guys, as I was reading the book, I was mesmerized with the very first sentence of the book. (laughs) So you're talking about methodology or wherever you wrote. Maybe it was your background communications. I don't know. But wherever you were encouraged to write, you know, I have to grab this book, right? So, guys, I want you to listen to this. And this is why you should absolutely go get the book. So the very first line of this book, the very first sentence just kind of invites you in and says, please turn the page. It says, by the time mama turned 16, she had five kids and was still a virgin. Uh, Have you heard anything so brilliant? Oh my goodness. What? I I think it took me about 20 seconds to come up with that line. Yes. Uh, And I felt that that would be a good starting point and I thought that it would invite the reader in. I had no idea what I was going to write <laughs> after that, uh-huh, uh-huh. but that was the very first thought that came to my head because I wanted to tell my story, but my story is Mama's story. And uh-huh. Mama is my mom. I've never called her mom, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, but my story is her story. And so, I mean, so five seconds, I mean, this just kind of, I mean, that yes. doesn't just happen. You know, that doesn't happen to us regular folk, right? <laughs> I mean, this was obviously born from a very special place. I'd like to think so, mm-hmm. but uh, I credit Mama with my, what I know in uh, her, she was always encouraging me to look things up, mm-hmm. um, and so I always thought that if I wanted to be someone like Langston Hughes or County Cullen or Arna Bontom, who are uh, great writers mm-hmm. from the Harlem Renaissance yes. period, that I had to have a provocative line at the beginning of the story. Uh, well, mission accomplished. 
mission accomplished. You said you wanted to draw the reader in to turn the page. Um, I couldn't put it down. So uh, mission accomplished. So as you're getting this uh, methodology down, Mm -hmm. uh, we're going to get to the book. Okay. Who was your first teacher in storytelling? Who taught you to uh, write stories? Or where did you hear people tell stories? Uh, my uncle Tony uh-huh. has been telling stories since the day I was born. Uh, he's only eight years older than me, so I never called him uncle. Okay. He's just Tony. Uh-huh. Um, but he's a guy who always had this inquisitive mind, and he made my mind inquisitive because... Uh, for example, one of the stories that he told me that that I write in the book is how James Brown uh, killed Otis Redding. Otis Redding in 1967. <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> yeah, and I believe that for quite a few years uh, because Tony said that James Brown had the mechanic um, sabotage James Redding's plane. I mean, James Redding, Otis Redding's plane, uh-huh. because Otis Redding was about to become Soul Brother Number One. Ah. Uh-huh. And James Brown didn't want that to happen. Huh. Okay. So that is a pretty provocative line. Uh, one, one which had you hooked for years. Yeah, well, when like... you're six years old and you have someone who's 14 or 15 yes. explaining that to you, you take it as the gospel. You just go with it. Yeah. You just go with it. So, so did he always tell stories so vividly? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Uh, another story that I tell is... Uh, my grandfather, Grandpa, Grandpa Lewis, had a grapevine over at his property. Mm-hmm. And around the same time, Marvin Gaye had, I heard it through the grapevine. Ah, all, okay, okay. Uh, that record had come out. And so Tony told me that if whenever, the next time I go over to Grandpa's house, just sit on the tree stump next to the grapevine, and I'll be able to hear Marvin Gaye sing. Uh, <laughs> okay, did you actually do that? Yes. <laughs> So my grandpa, he comes out, he's a Baptist minister, and he's got his overalls on, he's going to do some yard work, and he walks over to me, six, seven years old, Uh sitting on a tree stump, and he wants to know, what am I doing? Because I've got my ear tilted toward the grapevine. Yes, yes. He goes, what are you doing? I said, shh, grandpa, I'm trying to hear Marvin (laughs) Gaye. It's it's coming any second now, it's coming, right? And so my grandpa, he just kind of looked at me and... Yeah, yeah. Took his hat, his fedora off of yeah. his head and slapped it on his pant leg. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. walked away and just thought, that boy's going to have some problems as he gets older. Well, well, listen, it sounds as whatever may have meant to have been or, you know, just kind of euphemistically stated as a problem earlier as a kid has definitely uh, proven to be the exact opposite in adulthood. So storytelling has been a part of your life for a very long time. Yes. You've kind of mastered the art of that as evidenced by your colleagues encouraging you to write, your family encouraging you to write. And I'd like to know, um, we have about three minutes before we go to our next to our first break Um, and we will pick up with this when we come back what was the inspiration for the title of this book Uh, gas money uh, it's a metaphor and it shows Mm -hmm. how the everyday people that we come in contact with Mm -hmm. how they can impact our lives forever and so I wanted to tell my story but it's also everyone else's story that I've ever come in contact with Mm -hmm. who's Mm -hmm. had a huge influence on my life. Wow. But the neat thing about that is most of them never even knew that they were influencing me. Wow. And so I think that everyone who's listening yes. has similar situations yes. of people that you run into and they give you a piece of advice or they steer you in the wrong direction, mm-hmm. but you still learn from that. And so yes. I wanted to capture that. And in the form of 
gas money. Yes. And so, again, that gas money is just, it's just a metaphor for yes. people who help you get down the road of life. Yeah. You, you actually described the book as a book of great impact. Are those people impacting one's life? It's, it's huge. I think the, the neat thing about life is that none of us ever know when that moment is really going to take place. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've met a number of people just over the past few weeks that have impacted me and they have no idea that they've done so. Mm-hmm. But that's the beauty of life is, right. you know, you have to keep getting up every day. Yes. Uh, because you never know what the next day is going to bring. Yes, yes. And you, and you know what? And you're right about that beautifully. Um, you talk about, since we don't know how one is going to impact our life, and sometimes not in the moment, sometimes much later on, mm-hmm. you talk about the power of forgiveness, of compassion, because we don't know what those moments actually will be. We're going to actually get into the book mm-hmm. when we get back. Guys, you're listening to Laughing Loudly, Loving Deeply with Dr. Faith and my very special right. guest, Troy Lewis. Um, he is the author of Gas Money. Go out and get it. You know, read along with us right now. This is like so wonderful. I'm delighted to be here with him to share this stage, this platform of relationships. So um, we'll be right back. Hang in there with us. your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Do you want to start living and not merely existing? Meet with Dr. Faith and learn to start laughing loudly and loving deeply right now. Gain insight. Resolve past debris. It's real answers to real problems. Call Dr. Faith at 212-729-5653 to find out more or visit drfaithbrown.com to schedule your free consultation. You'll find your first meeting to be a game changer. Mention you heard this on Laughing Loudly, Loving Deeply with Dr. Faith and receive 10% off your first service. Call 212-729-5653 or visit Dr. Faith at drfaithbrown.com. Collaboration is the new black. From intimate relationships to boardrooms, from ivory towers to hospitals and political roundtables, the art of collaboration seals the deal. Dr. Faith invites you to meet with her to get the blueprint to synergistic collaboration. Collaboration delivers innovative solutions, making the impossible possible and the undeliverable deliverable, all while reducing stress and increasing revenue. Visit Dr. Faith at drfaithbrown.com to learn more and to schedule your game-changing meeting today. Build your better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. You are tuned in to Laughing Loudly, Loving Deeply with Dr. Faith. To reach the show today, feel free to send an email to askdrfaith1 at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Again, that's askdrfaith1 at gmail.com. Now back to the show. Here again is Dr. Faith Brown. Hello, guys. Good morning. Thank you so much. And welcome back to Laughing Loudly, Loving Deeply with Dr. Faith. I'm my very special guest today, Mr. Troy Lewis, author of Gas Money. 
Thank you so much. You were just listening to the sounds of Saint-Tropez, and that was Bain Desolée. It is so hot. It is so hot. I hope you guys will download it. I hope you will purchase it. Um, I love the score for this second season. And um, along with having a wonderful score comes a wonderful story for this platform, this relationship platform. Um, That's why I'm delighted to have Mr. Troy Lewis with us today to just share with us um, relationship as it relates to family and folks that impact our lives. This segment was entitled Everyday People Shaping Everyday Lives. And as we were going to break, you were saying that there have been people just this week who perhaps have like impacted your life in one way or the other. And we may not know the magnitude of that until much later. Mm-hmm. But now there's an awareness around everything that's happening is happening for a reason and may just impact us some way. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about the title, Gas Money, which I love. I love that analogy. So what was the real inspiration behind, read, behind writing the actual book? Um, I got, excuse me, I got sick of people saying that I should write a book. <laughs> okay. So that was why I started You wanted to satisfy it. us. <laughs> Everybody was saying, write the book, Troy. <laughs> that's, that's one way to put it. Uh, but yeah, and people just, they felt that I had a good story to tell. Mm-hmm. Um, and I felt that when I would show it to, I would write something and then I would show it to someone who sat next to me at work and I got their feedback. And when I... Some of the stories, they would literally laugh out loud. Mm, And then some mm -hmm. of the stories, it made them cry sitting at their desk. Mm -hmm. And that was the first time I really felt that people will like my book. Mm -hmm. Because Mm -hmm. these were people who just really had no connection with me Mm -hmm. other than sitting next to me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I I trusted their their judgment as to whether or not they thought it would be a good story that everyone Sure. Would like. Sure. I gather that would be considered a great representative sample of perhaps, you know, an objective audience so yes. who didn't know you kind of how the book might be received. Yes. Now, speaking of how the book would be received, now you have some very intimate, poignant, you know, stories in here mm-hmm. about the folks who are closest to us. Yes. So can we talk a little bit about family? We can talk because about this, is about family. Talk about. this is yes. about family. This is about family. How did your family receive, one, the news of you, one, writing the book? Mm-hmm. And then number two, upon completing the book, um, having maybe kind of browsed through it, you know, their thoughts. So how do they feel about you putting, you know, uh, experience, <laughs> experience mm-hmm. in 1969 Virginia to date okay. to paper? So uh, the book kind of starts, uh, it starts in the 60s when I'm a kid, and it covers the five decades of my life, and now I'm getting closer to six decades. Uh, and, no one would ever know. <laughs> no one would ever know. And if my <laughs> mom, Mama, I know you're listening down in Virginia. Can you believe your son's going to be 60 soon? <laughs> She's saying, uh-huh. I, I gave birth to you, uh-huh. But it's a wonderful thing. Um, so... Uh, there were so many people in my family that once I let them know that I was writing a book, yes. they very much encouraged me. My eye grace was on my back all the time. When are you going to finish the book? When are you going to finish Fantastic. the book? And I used to be afraid to call her because I knew that was going to be her first mm-hmm, question. Mm-hmm. And I knew I still had a long way to go. Yes. Um, but since the book has come out, my family has become huge supporters. And one of the themes that I talk about in the book is not feeling loved. And so mm-hmm. I had kind of gone my whole life just feeling as though my family tolerated me and they put up with me, but I didn't think that anyone really loved me. And so 
Can we explore that a little bit? Sure. Can we just talk about that a little bit? Yeah. Uh, guys, because you will find, remember, the first line says that there were five children and your mom a virgin, yes. right? So there mean that means that there were other additions yes. to come. Yes. So okay. my mom, at 16 years old, she had five kids. She had to raise her, her four brothers and sisters. Okay. Um, as soon as she graduated from high school, um, she got pregnant with me, and she and my dad got married. And then along came my four-year-old cousin who mm-hmm. moved in with us. Mm-hmm. And then uh, my sister, Bridgette, came a, a year later. So when my dad was 23 and my mom was 20, there were eight kids in the house that they were responsible for. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And, and so when you take all of that into account and you're <laughs> a little kid, there's a lot of stuff going on in that house that you have to report on. Right. Which is what I was always doing in my head. I wasn't actually recording things, writing things down. Okay. But I had all of these stories that I wanted to tell about these people that I grew up with. Wow. Now, what part of that? Was it the number? Was it the sheer just number of people that your mom or your your mom and dad had to care for that perhaps kind of initiated this feeling of, mm, I'm not so sure I'm loved in this bunch because well, there are just so many of us. Every, everyone you know? was so busy. They were so, busy, so busy with their lives. You know, uh, I had aunts and uncles who were in elementary school and in high school. And, you know, my uncles mm-hmm. wanted to chase girls. Uh-huh. And <laughs> my my aunt who was growing up with us, yes. she wanted to date. Okay. And so not many people really had time for me. My mom was busy taking care of the house. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. My dad was going to work every day. And mm-hmm. so you, you found these little acts of love where my dad, you know, I would run out, he and my sister would run out to him every evening when he got off got, got off of the truck from work. Okay. And he would just scoop us up. Okay. And I just thought he was the strongest guy in the world that he yeah. could lift both my sister and uh, I up. Oh, I can see that. I can see that, yeah. But uh, it still wasn't, I just felt as though, oh, well, you know, that's what a dad's supposed to do is pick his kids up and run them back to the mm-hmm, house. Mm-hmm. But because of often there was not a lot of patience with me. Okay. Or, you know what, for that matter, with anybody else in the house. Okay. You know, okay. So, so this love thing wasn't something that was swirling about the house. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. as I got older and, and reflecting on my life and, and writing the book, Uh I realized all of those people loved me. And when I had my very first book signing, Mm -hmm. I couldn't believe how many people came up from Virginia and Maryland and Uh Pennsylvania, where they're now dispersed throughout Uh the U.S., Uh to show me how much they supported me and loved me in my book. Wow. Wow. And so that was the point in my life where I said, I can't say people don't love me anymore Uh because now I know that they do. What was that moment really like? I mean, you're at a book signing, family is coming, and, you know, heretofore, right? I mean, you've had time to reflect. At that time, you had time to reflect. I mean, your book talks about, you know, the central themes of forgiveness and compassion and things Mm -hmm. like that. And and writing is very um, therapeutic. Mm -hmm. So you had time to reflect, but can you describe, do you have any adjectives in the English language to describe kind of what that feeling may have been like to feel so supported in that moment with something that's huge. It is very um, relieving, I guess, to know that so many people um, 
have reached out yes. and expressed just by making an appearance. Uh-huh. That showed me that how much they cared about me. Mm-hmm. And that was something that I never really felt. As mm-hmm. I said before, I just felt people in my family that they tolerated me. And I kind of felt the same way. Uh, people that I've dated, people that I've worked with, mm-hmm. that I was just, oh, he's the crazy guy who's always <laughs> telling stories. Sure. And yeah, he does a pretty decent job here at work, but we don't really sure. care about this guy. Sure. sure and sure, I have sure. found out that that is not the case. And what um, what writing the book has taught me is that I had so many false voices mm. in my head. Mm-hmm. And I think that People out in the audience may have false voices in their heads. Yes. And yes. what my book tries to demonstrate is don't listen to those. Listen mm. to the positive voices, not those negative things saying that, well, don't do this, don't do that. He doesn't like you, she doesn't. Right. Right. Don't right, listen right. to that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, Just mm-hmm. be who you are mm-hmm. and accept that and embrace it. What is so interesting about what you're saying, um, Troy, is that oftentimes, as you say, that we have these we have um, these thoughts in our heads, but they come from someplace. Mm-hmm. You, like many in our audience, come from a very large families where we can kind of get lost in translation, right. right? It's not, and again, it's not that they don't love us, right? Because obviously they're providing, but perhaps the kind of attention that you would have ideally have wanted at the time, there just wasn't time to grant that. And thus those thoughts take seed. So I, I teach actually, I do a brain training, okay. right? And, and and the importance of what you're you saying just, is you that- spend a lot of time <laughs> with this brain. What's important, you guys know, and what we're talking about is that we have neural pathways that actually feed that negative message over and over and over and over again that is just so entrenched until there is something that comes along and there's a conscious effort to undo all of that or to grow new neural pathways. So there is that transition that happens and it's not it's not an easy thing to do. You said the book is, is encourages one not to listen. Did you have help with that? Did, was there like an important person in your life or um, an event that happened that said, hmm, I don't have to embrace these negative thoughts anymore that I can actually, you know, now I've had time to reflect that, you know, when it was the last biscuit and, you know, it was given to my sister, mm-hmm. that it wasn't because my mom didn't love me. I got to a point in the book and I, I described, <clears throat> excuse me, I described, <clears throat> I need some water, I described how. <laughs> Um, I, I said, you know what, Troy? You're now 50 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was in 2011. Um, and that was when I was, I really took a lot of time off from writing the book because mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was suicidal. I was suicidal mm. every day. And around 2014, 2013 was when I really got back into writing the book. And uh, when I was close to finishing, I was letting my mom know that she was going to read some negative things that I'd written about myself as well as the family and how various things that people said or did, how they impacted me Mm -hmm. for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so I told her that at two in the morning on Mother's Day of 2014. (laughs) Okay. And we're sitting in her dining room uh, and my mom, she came over to me and she put her arms around me and Mm. she said, Troy, if I lost you, what would I do? You know, do you know how sad that would make me? Oh my. 
and it was really the first time that I felt, oh, I knew that she loved me, but it was the first time that it was really ever shown mm, or expressed. Mm-hmm. And yes, she loved me, loved me with all of the things that she did for me in my life. Yes. But her putting her arms around me, it really, it took away all of the sting of wow. anything I've ever had in my life. Wow. The and, power of touch. Yeah. And from that moment on, I've been A-OK. And I count my blessings that not a lot of many, not a lot of people uh, get afforded that opportunity where they can just have things washed away. And I'm not a very religious person. Yes, I grew up in the church. And mama, no, I don't go to church as often as I should. But it was as though her hug cleansed me of any kind of bag, negative baggage that I had. What a powerful, powerful message. We're going to continue this. When we get back, we're about to go to our second commercial. (laughs) Guys, the message is whomever is next to you, give them a big hug right now. It's the power of touch that helps to heal. We kind of know that. Oh, (laughs) go hug somebody right now. You're listening to Laughing Loudly, Loving Deeply with Dr. Faith and my guest, Mr. Troy Lewis. We'll see you. We'll be right back. your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Do you want to start living and not merely existing? Meet with Dr. Faith and learn to start laughing loudly and loving deeply right now. Gain insight. Resolve past debris. It's real answers to real problems. Call Dr. Faith at 212-729-5653 to find out more or visit drfaithbrown.com to schedule your free consultation. You'll find your first meeting to be a game changer. Mention you heard this on Laughing Loudly, Loving Deeply with Dr. Faith and receive 10% off your first service. Call 212-729-5653 or visit Dr. Faith at drfaithbrown.com. Collaboration is the new black. From intimate relationships to boardrooms, from ivory towers to hospitals and political roundtables, the art of collaboration seals the deal. Dr. Faith invites you to meet with her to get the blueprint to synergistic collaboration. Collaboration delivers innovative solutions, making the impossible possible and the undeliverable deliverable, all while reducing stress and increasing revenue. Visit Dr. Faith at drfaithbrown.com to learn more and to schedule your game-changing meeting today. Build your better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. You are tuned in to Laughing Loudly, Loving Deeply with Dr. Faith. To reach the show today, feel free to send an email to AskDrFaith1 at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Again, that's AskDrFaith1 at gmail.com. Now back to the show. Here again is Dr. Faith Brown. Hello and welcome back, guys. You're listening to Laughing Loudly, Loving Deeply with Dr. Faith and my very special guest today, Mr. Troy Lewis. What a way to kick off our first live show of the second season, you know, this platform about relationships. And um, Mr. Troy just delivered a beautiful, beautiful gem. I think that um, I think all of us can use as a takeaway 
as we engage all of our relationships, his book, Gas Money, just happens to be talking about the relationships that we have with family and other people who impact our lives in significant ways along our journeys. Mm -hmm. And the one gem that he left with us prior to going to um, commercial, and I think all of us were in tears, and if you were not, um, you know, maybe you guys need to give me a call (laughs) and come to my office, but... um, He said to us, he was talking to us about the power of touch. And there are times in our lives when we may feel so isolated, so separated from the masses or people with whom we'd like to be connected. The message may be an erroneous message, Mm -hmm. but the power of a hug can eradicate all of that. Mm-hmm. We're so steep in the power of touch and we know that it serves to heal. We know that there are like there's research that exists that shows where animals or, or, or mammals and even people will actually die without the power of touch. So that was pretty significant. I could see. Thanks, Mama. <laughs> Thank you, Mama. <laughs> that day was very significant. Can will you share with us um, the character that you most that you found the most fun writing about, the most fun writing about. Yes, that would be my best friend. His name is James Butley Jarvis. Hi, Mr. Butley Jarvis. <laughs> Hello. Well, of course, he says no one calls him Butley anymore because he's an adult. Okay, got you. Okay, yeah, okay. But I still do. Okay, so you enjoyed writing about him. Why? Yeah, because uh, he's a person who's gone through, everyone else considers it adversity, but mm-hmm. he does not. Okay. Uh, when he was 29 or 30, he was injured in an accident at work, and he was paralyzed and continues to be paralyzed from the waist down. Mm-hmm. And it has never changed him whatsoever. Wow. He always has, <clears throat> excuse me, always has a smile on his face. Yes. Except for when he's talking to me. Okay. And then it's a scowl <laughs> on his face. But uh, he is the patriarch. Yes. Of his family mm-hmm. and his extended family, and everyone comes to him for advice uh, and leadership. Yes. Uh, and he's raised, he and his wife has raised his son, Eric. And Eric, if you're listening, hey, uh-huh. he's, uh, he's out of school now and working down in Norfolk, Virginia. And you can tell I'm from Virginia because I say Norfolk, not Norfolk. <laughs> uh, but Butley's just a guy who is just always positive. Okay. And he was very upset at me that when he read the book and found out about the whole suicide episode and the suicidal thoughts for years, mm-hmm. he was mad at me for not talking to him about it. Mm. And I admit in the book, I said, Butley, not everybody can be as strong as you. Mm. And he goes, well, that's why I'm here. Mm. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm here to be your friend. Mm. And we've been friends since I was two and he was he was four. Wow. Wow. And we are inseparable. Wow. Uh, and my mom, when I was growing up, Butley always picked on me. Okay. And he beat me at, he beat me at everything except ping pong. Um, but uh, my mom would always say, well, you know, if he's, if he's picking on you all the time, quit playing with him. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But as I say in the book, Butley was like a drug yeah. to me. Oh. I, couldn't, oh. I couldn't stay away from him. Wow. And now I'm 56 and Butley's 58. Uh-huh. And I still can't stay away from him. That friendship is etched for the ages. Yes, and when he's when he's mean to me, I'll call his mom up and say, <laughs> Mrs. Jarvis, Butley's yelling at me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that brings back some wonderful memories for them as well. Now, did you guys get in trouble together too? Yes. Ah, uh-huh. Yes, yeah. we did. That and makes nothing, for some great memories. No, right. Nothing Between that, the two of you, yes, of course. Nothing that would have gotten us arrested. Yeah, well, that's good. <laughs> yeah, it was 
Just always mischievous stuff. Uh, we both always had big mouths. Yes. Uh, okay. Everyone in Middlesex County, Virginia, where I grew up, yes. would vouch for that. Yes. Uh, and we both still had big yes. mouths. Yes. Well, listen, it is so nice. Um, many folks don't get to claim having a best friend. Or a great friend. If you can get one on your front row, you're doing really, really good. And ladies, for all of you who are listening, you know how important it is to have like one ride or die, right? I mean, just one ride or die. You just kind of need one, you know, somebody that you can trust. So the fact that you have him mm-hmm. is fantastic. Mm-hmm. So, so, so I recall a funny story that okay. I read, and I'm hoping that you'll share it with our audience. Um, again, this is about family, and I hope you guys that we can pick out enough nuggets just to kind of whet your appetite so you can go get, go out and get this book, Gas Money. Gas Money, Troy Lewis. Please go um, buy it. Go get it right now. <laughs> um, so you were sharing the scariest moment of your life. Mm-hmm. Is that? Can you share that with our yeah, audience? Because it was not a very I, fun moment. It wasn't, a, but I read it and I thought, oh, my word. Yeah, it's a story about my, <laughs> my grandfather, uh, my maternal grandfather. Okay. Um, and I write in the book that when he was drinking, he was the meanest man in the county. And when he was not drinking, he was the absolute nicest man, as far as I'm concerned, in the United okay, States. Okay, so just stop there. We can all relate to that. Because everybody's got a grandpa, everybody's got, you know, a brother and uncle who was just like that. Mm-hmm. Please continue. Uh, and so when I was about eight or nine, my grandfather and my grandmother and my little sister, <laughs> we, were, we were riding to Pennsylvania. Uh, and we didn't know it because my grandfather was good at hiding when he was intoxicated. Okay. But uh, about 20 miles into the trip, we knew that literally he was <laughs> tripping. And that, uh, Go get this book! <laughs> that we were not going to make it. We had about 300 miles to go and we were only 20 miles into it. And Grandpa was all over the, wor- all over the road. We, he had a 65 <laughs> Chevy station wagon. And, and I was scared to <laughs> death. And I write in the book, there have only been two times in my life okay. where I held my sister's hand. Okay. Because we were always butting heads. Okay. Uh, and so I was eight and she was seven. And so I I reached over and grabbed her hand. I don't know if she grabbed mine or uh-huh. I grabbed hers, but we were holding on for life because Grandpa was in the ditch. He was out of the, He was across the, the double line. Yes. And it was just, it was a two-lane highway. Uh, U.S. 17 in Virginia, and it was just awful. My grandma was crying and uh-huh. begging him to turn around and go back. And, uh-huh. and I'm just thinking, how are we even going to get back? You know, but we made it. But it was it was it was so scary. But as in every negative negative experience uh-huh. in my life, uh-huh. I was trying to try to find the positive. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. so that day i said i will never let this happen to me again oh okay. i'm going to learn how to drive okay how old were you i was eight, eight. <laughs> a proclamation at eight i yes. am going to okay okay and so the following weekend <laughs> i asked my dad to start showing me how to drive uh-huh and that was, i started that was how i learned how to drive and as time went on and my parents uh, broke up we moved in with my grandfather and my grandmother. Okay. Um, and there were still periods where he would go missing. Yes. Uh, he would be intoxicated somewhere. And my cousin Sharon and I, we would go driving all over Middlesex County, Virginia, trying to find him in his 65 Chevy station wagon. Mm-hmm. And we'd find him. And Sharon <laughs> would put me in the car and say, do whatever I do. You follow me back home. When I put my signal on, you put your signal on, so forth and so on. And 
that was how I really and learned how to drive. You were driving to save your own life. Like, oh, okay, I will not be in this position again. Yeah. There's a lesson in that even, right? Because we have so many people who end up depending on others for whatever reasons. I mean, you were eight, right? Mm-hmm. But when you just when you decide, when you make a decision, like, no, mm, this is for my well-being. I will not be caught in this circumstance anymore. Whatever that circumstance may be, you end up... Um, feeling not just independent, but a sense of ownership and, and, and confidence. Mm-hmm. You, you got this. I, and, I got this. And plus, it was cool to drive through the county and you would see <laughs> other kids sitting in the front seat with their parents, uh-huh. but you're sitting in the you're front driving. seat driving. Okay, wait, 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 wait. wait. So, <laughs> all right. So, 1969 Virginia, but now we're going eight years. So, now we're in the 70s, mm-hmm. but we're still in Virginia. Yes. Uh, so what was that like? Were you at all afraid that maybe the cops might see you and pull you over or? We only had in the entire county, we had a, a sheriff and a deputy uh, sheriff. You guys hear that? <laughs> a sheriff and a deputy. Yeah, the town okay. of Urbana had had a, a, a town chief. Okay. But it was just one of those things that it was kind of accepted that everybody knew that Troy was driving his grandpa home, and I'm sure okay. people just looked the other way. Okay, okay. Well, and now, I was a good driver. Well, there you go. Well, there you go. There's comfort in that. There's comfort in that. Because I tell you, growing up small town Georgia without a red light, uh, you know, you kind of can get kind of concerned about some of that sometimes. But you're right. In small communities, oftentimes there's that caretaker's kind of attitude. Oh, that's Troy. That's so-and-so-and-so's yeah. grandson. And they're going to be okay. Right. Yeah. And and <laughs> until you're in trouble and then the grandparents or the parents are the first to know, they're like, Correct. no, before you get a chance to tell them. Yeah. Like yeah. in rural Georgia where you grew uh-huh. up, yes. in rural Virginia where I grew yes. up. Yes. When you get in trouble, yes. everybody knows. Uh, everybody knows. Yes. Yeah. So then that was long before the days that it takes a village because a village was, I mean, the village was always present, I yes. think, in our lives mm-hmm. during that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, as you're writing about these, about really their family, their mm-hmm. family members, and we're about to go to our next break. Okay. But before going there, um, when considering the story of your mom mm-hmm. and talking about your mom, and how did you uh, determine the stories that were appropriate or inviting or healing or that you actually wanted to include in the book? Well, some people say some of the stories that I wrote were not inviting and did have warts. Okay. But everything was written from my perspective Mm -hmm. and my truth. Uh Um, And my mom has said that, Troy, don't change one word. Oh, I'm loving her. Uh, She said that everything you have written is true. Uh Uh-huh. And it's, she's... She always marvels at my memory uh-huh. and the things that I'm able to recall. Uh-huh. Uh, but I always felt as a little kid, I wanted to tell these stories about yes. these people that I grew up with and yes. how, how much I love them. Mm. And uh, I'm just so, you know, as a little kid, I always just wanted to have this ideal family yeah. where it was just mom and dad and me and my sister, Bridget, and everybody got along. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be the Brady Bunch, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. That, that wasn't going to happen. But now that I look back on it, I wouldn't trade any of that because if I had a Brady Bunch kind of family, what would I have to write about? Ah, 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 there you go, folks. There you go. We'll be right back. 
You're listening to Laughing Loudly, Loving Deeply with Dr. Faith and my guest, Mr. Troy Lewis. You know, I wish your mom was here with us right now. I know she's listening, but, you know, I, I just I just feel her presence. I just wish she was here with us. So great, great, let's great. Let's go chips. crazy and we do, we'll do this again. I know, we'll, we'll do it again. Mama. We'll do it again. You guys hang in here with us. We'll be right back. your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Do you want to start living and not merely existing? Meet with Dr. Faith and learn to start laughing loudly and loving deeply right now. Gain insight. Resolve past debris. It's real answers to real problems. Call Dr. Faith at 212-729-5653 to find out more or visit drfaithbrown.com to schedule your free consultation. You'll find your first meeting to be a game changer. Mention you heard this on Laughing Loudly, Loving Deeply with Dr. Faith and receive 10% off your first service. Call 212-729-5653 or visit Dr. Faith at drfaithbrown.com. Collaboration is the new black. From intimate relationships to boardrooms, from ivory towers to hospitals and political roundtables, the art of collaboration seals the deal. Dr. Faith invites you to meet with her to get the blueprint to synergistic collaboration. Collaboration delivers innovative solutions, making the impossible possible and the undeliverable deliverable, all while reducing stress and increasing revenue. Visit Dr. Faith at drfaithbrown.com to learn more and to schedule your game-changing meeting today. Build your better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. You are tuned in to Laughing Loudly, Loving Deeply with Dr. Faith. To reach the show today, feel free to send an email to AskDrFaith1 at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Again, that's AskDrFaith1 at gmail.com. Now back to the show. Here again is Dr. Faith Brown. Hi, guys. Thank you so much for hanging in here with us. Um, We're about to engage our final segment, regrettably, because this has just been such a wonderful, wonderful uh, morning with Mr. Troy Lewis. Um, You were just listening to Bain Desolée by Saint-Tropez, and we do have to thank uh, the legendary, iconic uh, Mr. Lenny White. Uh, Lenny, if you're listening, amazing Thank you, thank you, <laughs> thank you so much. Um, this score for this second season is hot, so I hope you guys will go to iTunes or Amazon or wherever to download um, Bain Desole. You will not, you will not regret it. So before going to break, we were talking to um, Troy about how he came to select the stories that he would discuss, particularly as it related to his mom, and he mentioned, you know, just writing from the heart, writing his story, his way from his perspective. And his mom was his greatest cheerleader saying, Mm -hmm. go for it, move forward, which I think uh, having that kind of support is unparalleled, unheard of today. So, you know, kudos. Your mom is cool. Mm -hmm. I'm loving her. You know, I think we need to sit down with a nice glass of wine, you know, to toast her. (laughs) Mama is the coolest person that I know. I'm loving her. Yeah. I'm loving her. So what did you what did you find to be the most surprising aspect of writing? 
this book? What did you find to be most surprising? Most surprising? Oh, I should be prepared for that. I guess the most surprising thing has been the reception. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. How, mm-hmm. you know, my whole goal was to sell 10 copies. Okay. That was all, and I was okay. thinking if I got all my aunts and uncles to buy 10, I'd be good to go. Huh. Uh, and <laughs> and I, I far exceeded that. Uh-huh. Um, the, but what has surprised me the most is the reception that it has gotten from respected programs like yours. I've mm-hmm. been on C-SPAN and PBS and then featured in the HuffPost and WBLS had me on. I was initially supposed to be on WBLS, for those of you who don't know, is a big, the number one uh, station here in New York City. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, and I was supposed to be on for 30 minutes, and they ended up having me on for about 90. And I was just shocked at that. I'm always amazed um, when people like my book, because to me, it's just a story. It's just my life. Well, I think it goes a little beyond like, Troy, if, if you would permit me. Um, I can like a lot of things. But I think um, what you have put between, you know, between cover to cover is something that resonates at, you know, quite personally with people. So I think it kind of goes beyond liking. So the 30 minutes that WBLS is set aside, um, I'm not sure it had a whole lot to do with just like. <laughs> Perhaps it had to do with the quality of the story and that your story kind of reflected our lives. I do think that as, even though I'm a black kid from Virginia mm-hmm. um, and I grew up in the 60s, I think regardless of what color you are and what demographic you belong to, you will find something or a bunch of things to identify with in my book mm-hmm. because uh, I think we all have much more in common than what we do not have in common. Right, right, right. I would agree with that. I, and, and oftentimes it just takes a little bit of exposure here and there, mm-hmm. talking to folks, mm-hmm. uh, sitting down intentionally with folks to try to gain an understanding or to find common ground. So this is our last segment and we, we need to get a lot That's in. the gas money. That's the gas money. Yes. Absolutely. That's the gas money. Okay. So um, before be, before we have to, you know, leave this here until the next time I have you on. Mm-hmm. Um, I like when people say that. <laughs> how has, you know, we've talked about where you've been emotionally, right? But for our audience, Writing this book, it seems giving birth to this book has been like this milestone almost and kind of washing away a mm-hmm. lot of um, debris, yes. a lot of debris. Mm-hmm. What can you share with our audience to encourage them that one, if they have been moved to do something that perhaps they should do it because in that perhaps they may find enlightenment or mm-hmm. healing or whatever it takes the, whatever the gas money is to get to the you know to their destination I encourage anyone that if they have something that's troubling them mm-hmm. if they don't want to share if they do not want to share it with someone then write it down put it on a piece of paper mm-hmm. put it in your computer mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. put it in your notes section on your iPhone mm-hmm. or your Samsung device yes. or whatever you have <laughs> um, because the more you release that stuff and mm-hmm. put it out there, mm-hmm. it leaves your soul. Mm-hmm. And I really believe that because I had a lot of animosity throughout my life for a bunch of different things. Yes. But you know what? When you get to be a certain age, you got to say, 
I've had 30 years, 40 uh-huh, years, uh-huh. 50 years, 80 years to uh-huh. get over this. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Move on. Uh-huh, uh-huh. That's life. Uh-huh, you know, uh-huh. because if you don't, you're going to stay stuck. Yes. And who does that hurt? Yes, only you. Nobody okay. but yourself. Right, right, right. I think a, a great question to always ask is, how is that continuing to serve me? Mm-hmm. Is it continuing to serve me well to hang on to this pain, to hang on to this hurt? And, and you found a great outlet yeah. of release. Yeah. So what's next for you? Well, I, I'm writing a, a new book okay. um, that will have a lot of the gas money themes. Okay. Uh, and it will take place in kind of the same setting, but it's more of a novel. Uh-huh. And I'm going to uh, incorporate a lot of the other experiences that I didn't get to write in this book because I had to end gas money at some point. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. You know, I didn't want to turn it into War and Peace or Gone with the Wind. Right, right. Those are... 800, 1,200 pages. Yes. Who wants to sit through all of that? Well, if it's as interesting as these, you know, I, you know, we mm, we raise our hand to do that. You know, if it's that interesting. And, and mm-hmm. of course, you know, your writing is quite intriguing. It draws, draws the reader in. Thank What's you. next for Gas Money? Uh, well, I'm hoping my end goal is to turn it into a movie one day. Ah! And is that right? I've had a couple of feelers. You know, we don't. But, you know, that's, we'll see Down what the happens. Yes. Okay, guys, would you go, would you go watch that movie? I'd like to, let, let us know if, uh, what, gas money on the big screen? What, I think we go watch that. I think we'd support you in that. <laughs> what do you think? Let's make it happen. Let's make it happen. If there's anyone out there listening, let me tell you, gas money, we go, we'd support that film. <laughs> we'd support that film. Put the capital behind this one. This would be a good one. Well, I, I think it's it's a, I don't think. I know it's a good story that yes. many people will find so much in common with. And what I think is one of the great things about my book is that there's a real message there. There's mm-hmm. a message about loving people and forgiving people. Yes. And everyone in the book, even though they have negatives, I still redeem them. Yes. Because I love them. Yes. You know, how can I have the reader walking away saying oh I can't believe he ended on that note yeah because we are the, the sum of us is what makes is what makes us it's not just this one little right. aspect of right. our life right. right so we all have said or done negative things but that doesn't represent who we are and I think it was Emerson who said it's don't judge someone for the moment for for their down moments I'm mm-hmm. paraphrasing but take their highest moment yes. in life, and that's where you judge them. Because if you look at just a negative, then that's all you have is just a negative. That's all you have. And we're going to leave it there. Okay. Oh, my goodness. This has been so wonderful. The one thing that you just said that I want to leave with our audience, love is redeeming. Love is. Love is redeeming. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you for coming on. How might people get your book? Uh, they can go to Amazon okay. and just type in Gas Money by Troy Lewis and it'll come right up. It's $19.95 and there you go. It'll be shipped to them. Yes, it'll be shipped to them. Uh, or you can go to my website and order it that way as well. Guys, Gasmoneybook.com. Gasmoneybook.com. Guys, yes. it's worth its weight in gold. Go buy it right now. 
Thank you so much. And thank you guys who've been listening and supporting this program all over the world. We thank you for... Thank you um, for all the nice notes on Twitter (laughs) and Instagram. Uh, Thank you, guys. (laughs) It's been well worth it. This is the relationship platform where people come to get real solutions to real problems. And you have helped us out today. Go hug somebody. Go love somebody today. It will be redeeming. You will feel a whole lot better. Thank you guys for joining us. We will meet you back here next Tuesday on Laughing Loudly, Loving Deeply with Dr. Faith. Go on and have a great day. We hope Bain SLA will take us out. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for being a part of the show. Laughing Loudly, Loving Deeply with Dr. Faith can be heard live every Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time and 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Dr. Faith Brown hopes to speak to you again next week. And remember to always make time to laugh and love.